0: Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome, all of you, Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, you're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher, and I am a Dynasty Freak, which means I love drafting and trading and scouting and managing. All of my teams, 365 days a year. So to you. So let's talk some dynasty on episode 141. We're going to talk about some rankings adjustments that I've made uh, over the last month uh, period. First of all, I uh, say thanks for a little week off last week. My real life, my real job uh, got the best of me and wasn't able to make a podcast last week. But glad to be back uh, and on track and the normal Monday release during the offseason uh, this week. Uh, one of the things that I did this last month was I looked at my overall rankings for the first time uh, since I added rookie, the rookie class in just after the NFL draft. So after the NFL draft, really like about the first week of May, then I redid all my rankings, adding the rookies uh, into the overall rankings. And while doing so, um, what I did this next month was just try to take a, just some notes some things that have maybe changed my perspective just a little bit on players. And so I took note of the players that I moved up now that I waited a month. Uh, now here at the start of June to do a little rankings refresh. Uh, Not huge changes, uh, especially no no huge changes up at the top. You'll see I'm going to be talking about players that aren't, you know, top 12 players generally. Um, But there were, you know, trades that took place in the last month. There have been new contracts that have been signed. There have been OTA reports, and there's been plenty of coach speak. And I think all those things have contributed to the rise of these players that I'm about to mention. Just a small rise, of course. You can't put a whole lot of things, you know, a whole lot of things or your whole lot of opinions based on OTAs or coach speak. But I think that you know I went back and re-ranked. My opinions varied slightly on these players, causing them to move up my ranks. So let's jump into it. I'm going to talk about 10 players who have risen uh, now that I did my kind of ranking sweep here in mid-June. First player is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Tannehill moved up now to be my number 12 quarterback in Dynasty rankings, uh, really after the Titans traded for Julio Jones. That's what moved him up. Uh, he did finish last season as the eighth highest scoring quarterback, so he's proven he can do it, but we know that last year his fantasy value was mainly based on the 33 touchdown passes and the seven touchdowns rushing that he had instead of you know what we really like in our quarterbacks with high pass attempts or pass yardage or even run yardage, uh, which he's not bad at, but really he was just boosted by being an incredibly efficient offense last year. Well, then he had his two weapons that he you know, loved during the, during the offseason. They left Johnny Smith and Corey Davis. That was 13 touchdowns that he threw there. And more importantly, he lost his offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who Atlanta hired to be their head coach. So Tannehill really took looked like a regression candidate. So I had him ranked uh, accordingly, uh, given those circumstances. But I think that the Titans' willingness to trade for Julio Jones signaled to me that they really planned to increase their passing volume um, and their new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, um, I think that he's going to run much of the same offense that he, he that he uh, had when Art, Art Smith was there. So we'll see. Um, Jones, of course, Julio is on the back end of his career, that's for sure. But I think that his presence uh, on that team makes the offense uh, much more difficult to defend over the next few years. Defenses will not like to line up with uh, three bona fide studs in Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. That's going to be tough, and I think is going to be the one that benefits from it. Uh, he had an up-and-down career so far, but I think now is the highest his dynasty value has ever been in his career. That's pretty easy to say. I moved him up to number 12 for me. Next will also be a quarterback. A second player I've moved up in my rankings is Matt Stafford. Um, I moved Stafford up to number 13 ranked quarterback, so just behind Tannehill. After really uh, just kind of reconsidering the excellent receiving options on the Rams and the gushing reports that receivers and the coaches have had during OTAs, um, this made me rethink that Sean McVay, he really knew what kind of quarterback he wanted to, to unleash the offense and get the team back to the Super Bowl. And so he made this bold trade to get Stafford. I think Stafford, just as a pure passer, he's always been one of my favorites in the NFL. He can make every kind of throw. And he was always kind of a sneaky top 12 quarterback in almost all of his complete seasons with Detroit. Um even, even though they lacked you know weapons, apart from Calvin Ridley, he always seemed to find a way to be ranked in the top 12 in almost every season uh, that he started. And while ranking quarterbacks this week, I guess I just realized that I was more excited to see him in McVay's offense than, and with those weapons than I previously thought. Uh, Stafford is 33 years old, uh, but I think he's got plenty of good years ahead of him, and I believe he's going to have his best fantasy and NFL years of his career now that he's in Los Angeles. So I moved him up just a bit. Next player I moved up is Mike Davis. Um, Davis had already moved up in my running back rankings after Atlanta didn't draft a running back like everyone expected they would, and I moved him up a little bit even more this week uh, based on some coach speak from Arthur, Arthur uh, Art Smith, the Atlanta's new head coach, and really also based on some PFF stats that I d- discovered a few days ago by the listening to the PFF podcast. Um he's definitely not the picture of davis's massive thighs that did that did cause me to be impressed if you saw that picture the photo was pretty impressive that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking more about how coach smith uh really reiterated his confidence in davis and then uh just as an offensive coordinator he really unleashed the beastly talent of derrick henry i'm not saying that mike davis is gonna be derrick henry but what he did to make that a focal point of the offense i think he can do again with davis and then the real reason I moved him up a little bit this week, the biggest reason rather, is, is Ian Harditz on the PFF uh, podcast this week. He said that David has had the second best PFF grade for missed tackles last year. Pretty impressive. Uh, only behind Nick Chubb. That's good company right there, right? Uh, while Davis's production slowed down at the back half of the season, he was a top 12 running back almost every week uh, to start the season and he's proved that he can do it. So he's a starter now for a team that chose him above several other free agent running backs that they could have got this year, and they did not draft anyone to compete with him. And so all of those reasons combined me to move him up to be my 25th ranked dynasty running back overall. Another running back that I have moved up is Jamal Williams. Williams was already my second highest backup running back, uh, just behind Kareem Hunt. So Kareem Hunt backing up Chubb, and Williams now what I'm, I'm calling backing up DeAndre Swift. But I think that the gap now between Swift uh, and, and Williams continues to narrow as Detroit coaches talk him up, and discuss their offensive philosophy. Uh, new offensive corner Anthony, Anthony, Anthony Lynn uh, talked about going with the hot hand approach at running back and discuss the philosophy of having a two-back system with different roles. Uh, that happened a few weeks ago. In addition, I've learned more about Williams' character and leadership over on a few podcasts that I've listened to, that he just was a, a really great character guy and good for teams, and the coaches are going to love him. Coaches and teammates love Williams already, and I think that they want to see him succeed in Detroit. Uh, in the NFL right now, where most teams rotate running backs, I think Jamal Williams can be a reliable RB2 in starting in uh, dynasty lineups um, this next year. Uh, moved him up to be number, my number 31 ranked uh, running back now. Pretty good for what appears to be a backup. Speaking of backups, next guy that I moved up quite a bit is Gus Edwards. Edwards received a two-year, $10 million contract uh, extension uh, this last week. And even though he is already under contract, uh, this shows that they, they really, it's like an obvious statement that the Ravens uh, think that Edwards will be a compliment to J.K. Dobbins in the backfield for the next two years for sure. Edwards was already incredibly efficient. When doing the same thing a few uh, the last few years behind Mark Ingram, he averaged more than five yards per carry every single year. Uh, I moved Edwards up to my number 32 ranked running back, just behind Jamal Williams, as now he's would be what I would call the third best backup running back behind Kareem Hunt and Jamal Williams. I think he's going to get between 150 and 175 carries. He averaged 138 carries the last three seasons while Ingram was on the team. And of course, last year, Ingram and Dobbins, he still averaged near that. Um, He's going to get more touches this year. And even though Dobbins is going to probably lead the team in carries, Edwards is going to be a very reliable RB2 in Dynasty lineups uh, for many weeks during the season. I'm convinced of that. Uh, next player that I mentioned, uh, didn't move him up too high, but it's got, got me more and more interest from really kind of being on the trash heap to really being a player that I want, is Devontae Booker. Uh, I had a Booker on several of my teams this offseason after he signed with the Giants. And once Wayne Gellman signed with the 49ers, he was actually on the waiver wire on several of my leagues. And even though he's uh, uh, definitely going to have to, he's or I'm saying he is the most experienced um, back on that team now, about to back up Saquon Barkley. Uh, Barkley, of course, has the history of injuries, and he's coming from overcoming, recovering from his ACL surgery um, from week two of last year. And then the coaches also hinted that Barkley might be on a pitch count early in the season. And these concerns were enough for me to move Booker up a little further in my rankings, uh, really up to a modest running back number 55. Uh, Booker was one of my targets in the 2016 rookie draft because I loved his college tape, but he just never became that permanent starter in Denver. And last year in Vegas was actually his best season uh, since his rookie year. It was enough for the Giants to sign him to a two-year, $5.5 million contract and let Wayne uh, Wayne Goleman go and Gallman, you know, was a startable running back while Barkley missed time last year, and I really think that Booker could do the same if Barkley misses time. Whereas I think Jamal Williams and Edwards are going to be like a constant part of the offense on their teams, Booker is not going to be. Uh, But he is a great player to have if Barkley were to get injured because he's the best thing they got behind him. Let's move to some receivers. Uh, Kenny Galladay is next. Uh, Galladay has been one of the most challenging players to rank over the last calendar year, that's for sure. He was highly ranked as ever when he headed into the start of the 2020 season, but his injury riddled year was very disappointing. And many first and second round or first and second year wide receivers uh, actually moved ahead of him in my dynasty rankings. And then once Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff trade took place, uh, that trade occurred and his value dipped even more. And then he signed with the Giants during free agency. And dynasty analysts, including myself, just really didn't know if that was a positive or a negative for him. Uh, Daniel Jones certainly has a lot to prove and the Giants added to their wide receiver core, so they've got Kadarius Tony yeah, that they drafted in the first round. And I've uh, really just been considering, what what do I really think? And the more that I've thought about it in recent weeks, um, I've had time to consider all the factors, and I really do believe that the Giants' additions this offseason, including, the, you could call it an addition of Saquon Barkley, I think that's all going to make this offense a lot better and help Daniel Jones be more effective as a passer. And I think Galladay is the passer, the the most talented wide receiver on the team and he's going to be the most targeted wide receiver or we can even say pass catcher on the team given that evan Ingram's there too and barkley for that matter he's going to get the most uh targets i really believe that Uh, he spoke out this last week um, just on twitter that he had a lot of chemistry uh, with jones the the chemistry that they're building in otas it's just something small but that's encouraging to hear and uh, i think i'm back on the Galladay bandwagon i moved him back up to number 23 in my wide receiver rankings, which I think is higher than most everyone else would have. Another wide receiver that's moving up for me is Elijah Moore. <laughs> I was already higher on Moore, than most dynasty analysts. He was my number eight ranked rookie overall. In my third ranked rookie wide receiver, I actually had him ranked ahead of Jalen Waddell and Rashad Bateman. In the OTA reports and the continued speculation that Jamison Crowder is going to get cut have caused me to move uh, him up even more. I moved him up to be my number 27 wide receiver overall. I think the Jets' new coaching staff, um, they, they Moore was the player that they drafted. All the other players that they had on their team, they inherited. Although in free agency, they, they added Corey Davis and Keelan Cole in free agency. So they have brought in the guys that they want to bring in, including drafting Moore in the second round. And Davis has already been injured during OTAs, which gave Moore. And actually Keelan Cole, uh, They said that it's been reported, David, they've been making the most of their opportunities given that he's out. A beat reporter said that they're the two most impressive pass catchers on the team. Zach Wilson, of course, is a, is a uh, rookie quarterback. He's got time to develop rapport with his receivers, and we don't really know which one he's going to develop the, the tightest rapport with, and I think it will be Moore. I think he's going to be their most favored targeted player um, right away, if not by midseason for sure. And sorry for Denzel Mims fans. Uh, he's got the most to lose right now, while Moore's dynasty value is rising. Uh, poor Denzel Mims has fallen considerably. And more on that next week when I talk about players who actually have fallen in my rankings. Uh, two tight ends we hit on last year. Uh, one is Tyler Higby. I think as my interest in Matthew Stafford grows, like I already described, so does my interest in Higby. Uh, Higby's dynasty value definitely reached its peak at the end of the 2019 season when he won Dynasty Manager's Championships with a stellar play during those last five games of the season. And then his value dropped considerably. After last year, because he only scored twenty-one more points on the season than in twenty twenty, than he did those final five games of twenty nineteen. So in five games, uh, he, he he the whole season he only scored twenty-one more points than he did in those five games. Uh, he finished as the eighteenth ranked tight end last year, so I dropped him in my rankings accordingly. But now I'm starting to think about it with Gerald Everett signed with Seattle in free agency. I think Higby's going to have more opportunities this season. Uh, More importantly, he has a new quarterback in Matthew Stafford, who I think is really going to raise the level of the offense altogether. I think the tight end position is very hard to rank among the murky, murky middle of the pack guys behind what I would consider the top eight tight ends. Definitely a top three, but then top eight. And now we're going to see Pitts and others jump in there. Uh, But I think he's right in the middle of that second tier pack. And as such, I think that he would be uh, I've ranked him my number 11, um, 11th tight end right now, uh, just behind Logan Thomas, who I have ranked 10, and Cole Kmet, who I have ranked 12. I really think he's going to establish himself as an every week reliable starter in Dynasty lineups for this season. Next tight end I'll mention last is Adam Trautman. Uh, he's moving up in my rankings. Uh, the Saints did not add any pass-catching weapons in free agency or the draft, so Trautman's value rose a good bit immediately after the draft, uh, since he's definitely the clear starter at tight end on a team that needs more receiving options. So I moved Troutman up a little bit more in my rankings this last week after hints that Jameis Winston is the favorite to win the starting job in New Orleans. Uh, Winston made tight ends fantasy relevant wherever he was uh, in Tampa Bay as well as where he was at Florida State. Uh, Targeted the tight ends a lot too. I think if Taysom Hill wins the starting job, I'm going to move Troutman back down in my rankings a little bit again. Uh, But for now, I moved him up just to a modest number 16. Uh, He was my number one ranked rookie in the tight end class in 2020. So I do still believe in him and believe in his talent and know that it takes time for tight ends to really develop. Uh, I still believe in him. Uh, even though now I have Cole Komet, who was my second ranked uh, rookie in the, or tight end in the 2020 draft, I now have Cole uh, Komet ranked ahead of Troutman, but Troutman is nipping at his heels. Uh, Komet's number 12 and in um, Commit's uh, number 12 and Troutman is number 16 so he's right there. Hoping, hoping, hoping that Jameis Winston is named the starter for multiple reasons, including all my shares of Winston. I think it would be good uh, for Troutman as well. Well, next week we'll do the same thing, but I'll talk about some players who have been falling. Uh, take some action on this. I know I have. I've been trying to make trades for many of these players right now. And so I've got a couple offers out there already. and have a couple that got rejected this last week, still trying to make something work, as I believe that these are players that are on the rise. I want to see what other people think about them. And if they don't see them the same way, Hopefully we can make a trade happen. Hope you can as well. That's a wrap for this week, my freaky friends. Thanks so much for listening. Make the two-way conversation anytime by contacting me at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. That's dynastyfreaks with two E's at gmail.com. Much better with email than I am on Twitter, so contact me that way is the best. As I say always, I'd be honored if you take time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcast. Just hit that five-star, maybe leave a comment. That would be great. That would mean a lot to me. Thanks for listening. I appreciate your support. I do want to become your most trusted, independent voice in the dynasty landscape. Until next time, you know what to do. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin.